0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 710 for the 18th of Cheshvan in a regular year. Life. Life is a crazy thing, if you think about it. We talked about the power of now we talked about living our lives in this way that is very present not focusing too much on the past or the future and getting lost in those things and really being present here in the now as that's really the only thing that we can have true impact on and this is a very deep idea and in fact while Yes, it resonates in a lot of ways with Jewish ideas, with especially the Kabbalistic idea of Hashem creating the world something from nothing at all times. We find this idea very prevalent in the world at large. It's a very common thing. Mindfulness, meditation is all about living in the present moment, being really here in the now. However, Judaism kind of expands on this idea uh, and takes it to the next level and talks about this idea of how, well, yes, On the one hand we're very much supposed to live in the present be here now and in fact that's a good way to kind of like not get too caught up in your ego and your definition of self which is kind of constantly fluctuating on the other hand there is a very deep principle in Judaism that your present actions, in fact, do impact the future very much so. And as we've, we've learned in the whole section that we talked about Shuva, your present actions can even impact the past, which is really crazy. So while we are very much bound to the limitations of time and space there's a transcendent level to reality that transcends time and space. And in fact, God is beyond time and space. And there are worlds that are that are able to transcend this level of time and space. And the actions that we perform here in our lifetime while we're alive, impact the future impact our future life. And our future life after we pass away, that's in fact, when the impact of our present actions while we were alive actually become revealed. So this is true for everybody, but it's most especially true and the power of this is most especially true for those special people, which we know of as tzaddikim, as holy people, righteous people, whose lives are not really regular lives like we have, which consist of a lot of um, survival Physicality, uh, you know, keeping ourselves alive, finding pleasure in our lives in a physical way, uh, and then also kind of finding time for spiritual ideas for God. But righteous people, true tzaddikim, their entire life is devoted to godly service. They they don't have um, this craving. They don't have this need for physical. Uh, pleasure the way that most people do, and thus because their whole entire life is so devoted to abnegation of the self in that way, then the impact of their deeds after they pass away is going to be a lot more powerful. And it's going to be. It's going to create a much bigger impact on the world at large, and especially for those people who are close to them. So this is something that we've been talking about in the past few episodes. And the context that this has come up in is in uh, two letters that we've been looking at. The first letter that we that we looked at was a letter of consolation that the altar of a wrote to his to the follow to his followers after the passing of a very great man, uh, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk, And he talks about this idea of the impact of the passing of the tzaddik and the impact that that it has on his followers and how the followers in a certain sense can actually become more connected to the tzaddik to after the tzaddik passes away. So that was a few episodes ago when we explored that letter. N- yesterday, we started looking at another letter, another letter of condolence that the ultra rapper wrote this time to Rabbi Levi tchaikov after the passing of his son. And his son was also a tzaddik. He wasn't necessarily as renowned as, uh, as Rabbi Melachmendel of Harzach, but And so he didn't have this like, big following. But nevertheless, he was a Sadiq in his own right. And so what we've been exploring in this letter is the impact that such a tzaddik has on the world at large after he passes away. And so as I mentioned just previously, the actions that we have here on earth and what we do, these create effects on high and those effects on high remain concealed until the point when the person passes away at which point they become revealed And so today we're going to be exploring those impacts the impact that a has and and that the effect a has during their life That then becomes revealed when they pass away We already began began this discussion and started to explore some of this by looking at a, the passing of a very righteous person in Torah, namely Miriam the prophetess, and looking at the fact that like her passing is written in uh, adjacent to the laws of the paraduma, and we started talking about why that might be, and the connection between those two things. So yesterday we started talking about this um, this paraduma, the red heifer, the laws of the red heifer, and what distinguished it from the other types of sacrifices, because it wasn't quite like the other sacrifices, it was, it was prepared outside of the tents, and yet, unlike the other sacrifices, it had a special power to be able to give a person atonement, not just for uh, sins that a person did by accident and that kind of thing, but the special power of the paraduma, the red heifer, was that it was able to uh, purify a person from being in contact with death where death is the utmost of impurity it's it's a level of impurity that is that far surpasses the impurity that a person gets from sinning especially if we're talking about an inadvertent sin which was what most of the other animal sacrifices were about uh where it came to atone for so we talked about how the parajuma did this the, the power of the parajuma and why it was able to have this power to uh, to to purify a person from something like death. And we said that it has to do specifically with the waters that were involved in the mixing of the ashes of the Paraduma and how those waters correspond to this dew on high, this dew of the crystal, as the Zohar ca- calls it, which comes from a place that's far high, high, high up above uh, in the supernal level of the mochastima, the, the hidden minds, or in other words, the chokhmah, the supernal chokhmah. In the world of Atsilis, which re- really transcends the natural order of creation, which the, the kind of natural order of cre- creation, which uh, which is where all the other animal sacrifices tapped into was really on the levels of Zer Anpin and Malchus of Atsilis. So today we're going to be focusing specifically on the Tzadik now, and we're going to be focusing on how this relates to the Tzadik and how this level of the um Dew of the crystal, or in the Aramaic terms, the Tala Div Dilucha. How this level has a correspondence in terms of the effect of the tzaddik as well. So there's some, there's something, there's a corresponding level uh, by which uh, the 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 actions of the tzaddik tap into and get uh, triggered when they pass away, so that there's this type of water that emerges and that um, that pours forth. After the tzaddik passes away, similar to the uh, the dew of the crystal, the taladip that gets triggered uh, to flow downwards during the uh, as a result of the of the red heifer, as a result of the ritual of the red heifer, of the paraduma. So this might sound very, very abstract to you, and it, it does get kind of technical, but uh, hopefully that gave you a nice little introduction to all of this, and let's get into the text and see how the ultra-arbet explains it, and maybe we'll explain a little bit more as we go and get deeper into this as we go. So here we go. So the ultra it begins this section, which again, for context, is the second part, the second half of this letter, this epistle 28 in Yerush which is a letter of condolence written to Rabbi Levi Yitzhak like of Berdichev after the passing of his son Rav Meir. So uh, the altar the, the begins here and he says that it's known that Abba, that the level of Abba which literally means father which is a Kabbalistic term for the sphere of Chochma, draws its sustenance from the eighth muzzle, which is the tikkun of the notzer chesed. Okay, so not to get too confused here. So there's this idea of the Yod Gimel Midas HaRachamim. You may have heard about this, the 13 attributes of mercy. We often say this in um, many prayers that we say, especially on Rosh Hashanah. It comes up a lot uh, and, um, and Yom Kippur as well. We arouse God's 13 attributes of mercy. There's a lot of Kabbalah surrounding this idea of the 13 attributes of mercy as a nice little interesting tidbit to know. One of the reasons why Jewish men are encouraged to have beards is because it's thought to it's it's taught that these thirteen attributes of mercy actually have like a, a placement on the face. Like there's they, they sort of um, there's different points on the face that correspond to these thirteen attributes of mercy. And so by growing out uh, for a man when he grows out his beard, he's he's letting this mercy flow out of his face basically and so okay so in brief so we're not going to get into like all of the kabbalah today about these 13 attributes of mercy but the thing to know about it is that there's 13 attributes and the eighth one of these attributes is what's called notzer chesed which literally means and he meaning god guards or creates chesed so, but the main thing that you need to know is the Hebrew here. So the Hebrew word notzer, notzer is the eighth attribute. And that word notzer, if you know Hebrew, it's "nun vav tzadik reish. It's the same letters as the word ratzon. Reish tzadik vav nun ratzon in Hebrew means will, like desire, wanting something. And so there's a term that we use sometimes, like if we want to say that some, it's a very auspicious time, we say it's an et ratzon. It's a time of divine favor. And so the altar Abba says that at the time of the passing of a tzaddik, then this et ratzon, this divine favor, time, becomes revealed and, uh, and shines in a revealed way from above to below. And this is, and the altar Abba describes these tzaddikim as being people who serve God with love and with self-sacrifice of their entire lives for God during their, during their lifetime, uh, in the evening, in the morning, uh, when they say shema. So it's like when they say Shema the 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 um the Shema, Shema prayer which we've looked at previously if you really read the words of Shema and you really say them with intent you're really saying that you're willing to sacrifice your entire life for God which is how these tzaddikim actually live. And so, since the tzaddikim actually live in this way, this, their actions, um, would thus elevate what are called the main nukvin, the feminine waters, which we've spoken about before. So, this is like the arousal from below. They would, they would elevate these feminine waters to the Abba and Ima and kriyatshma, as is known. So, the Abba and Ima is the Chokhma and the Bina above so when these tzaddikim would say shema and when they would say it with this intense to really give over their lives but the effect that they had was to cause this arousal from below to get elevated to elevate this these feminine waters up above and stimulate the mother and father on high the the and bina on high and so too when these tzaddikim would learn torah because when they would learn torah uh torah also is related to Chokhmah, which Chokhmah again is that Abba and Ima because Chokhmah, because Torah comes from Chokhmah, that's where where it stems from. So through this, so through this uh this stimulation, this elevation of the feminine waters through their intention during Krichma and through learning Torah, this would cause a drawing down and a descent of what's called the main duchin, the, the masculine waters. So the feminine waters uh, would draw down the masculine waters. And where did the masculine waters come from? The masculine waters come from the tikkun of the notzer chesed. So they come from this attribute of notzer chesed, this eighth attribute of the 13 attributes of mercy, uh, which again corresponds to this Ratson level, this divine will and the and this becomes revealed when they pass away as is known so again okay so just to reiterate that make sure that everybody's following what's going on over here so Tzaddikim, during their lifetime, their lifetime is is a life of self-sacrifice. And this really becomes manifest when they recite the Shema with intention, as well as when they learn Torah, because Torah is really related to divine wisdom. And so when, when a Tzaddik learns Torah, they're really, really like abnegating their mind for God's minds. And when they do these things, when they engage in these kind of actions, what happens is that this causes this like arousal from below, which is manifest in in, as these waters, these feminine waters that go upwards and stimulate The Chokhmah Ila on high, the supernal Chokhmah, Hashem's supernal Chokhmah, from which the Torah comes from. And this supernal Chokhmah on high is related to, it draws its sustenance from the eighth attribute of divine mercy, which is the attribute of Nutzer. This attribute of Nutzer, it's the same letters as the word Ratzon, which is divine will, which is. or, or desire which is why it sort of taps into this idea of uh of uh, of a auspicious time of a time of divine favor so basically it's like what's happening basically is that the effects of the tzaddik during their lifetime the the actions the 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 prayer and the Torah learning of the, of the sadik during their lifetime causes this auspicious time of divine favor on high to get stimulated and to become revealed down here. And this becomes revealed specifically when they pass away. Why? So the ultra continues and he says, because every effort that a person makes during their lifetime remains concealed, the effect of this remains concealed on high. And only becomes revealed afterwards in a way that's that's revealed from above to below when they pass away. So it's sort of like sometimes you know you can think about this with a lot of different times. A lot of times you put in a lot of work into a project, let's say, uh, and you don't see the effects of your labor until the very end. So it's similar here. Our lives, it's like we're putting in all this work, and the effect, the true effect of our work, it's having an effect on high, but we don't see the effect it's having until a person passes away. And so this is exactly the the way it works for the Tzadik, so that uh, after they pass away, this is when the revelation of this tzikun, of notzer chesed, becomes revealed. And it becomes revealed in a way of chesed Hashem, the the kindness of Hashem, radiates. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a... a a citation from Tehillim chapter 103 verse 17 that the chasad of God, the kindness of God radiates from world to world over those who fear him. So this basically, so there's this radiance that comes about basically when a Tariq passes away. That's, that's the bottom line of what the altar is trying to teach her is that there's a, there's a very special radiance that happens after a Tariq passes away that was not present during their lifetime because it was concealed. And this radiance, what does it do? It affects, uh, salvation in the midst of the earth in order to atone for the sins of the generations. So there's a great atonement that happens when a tzaddik passes away. And, and that's going back to, we actually had mentioned that when we talked about when Miriam passed away in, in the Bible, it's, and it's the simple answer to why is it that the, um, that the red heifer is, is described in conjunction with adjacent to uh, Miriam passing away is because just as the red heifer, the Pararaduma, atones for being in contact with, with the dead, so too does the passing of the Tzadik atone uh, for the generation. And um, this, this effect is so powerful that it even can atone for sins that are deliberate that come from the three impure Klippos, which are even below Klippos Noga. So if you remember, there's different types of Klippos, different types of husks that conceal God. There's what we call Klippos Noga, the translucent husk, which is like all the permissible things in the world, which have the potential to be elevated to God or descend back down. And like we can use things in a Godly way or use things not in a Godly way. But then there's the three impure Klippos that absolutely cannot be used. Uh, These are acts that are forbidden objects that are forbidden to us, they cannot be elevated. But what the altar is saying here is a very, very powerful thing, that the passing of a tzaddik, the effect that a passing of a tzaddik has in terms of the atonement of the Jewish people is that it can act, even atone for those kind of sins, so, sins that are intentional, intentional sins, which these intentional sins come from the three klippos setmeos, these three impure klippos. Why? How can it do that? Because this mazel of notzer, comes from the mochastimah, comes from the hidden mind of Arich Anpin, of the Arich Anpin, which is the source of the birurim. So we spoke about this mochastima of Arich Anpin yesterday, and this was that whole, uh, that dew, that's dew of the crystal, the, uh, as we called it in Aramaic, that, which corresponded to the Paraduma, that, that came from the same place. So it's like we're tapping into that same place. And that place, that, um, that mochastimad, the the hidden mind of a anpin, is the source of the virurim. And so the, since it's the source of the virurim, it's not, we're not in the realm of virurim. We're not in the realm of, of, uh, of, of, of clarification anymore. We're going to the source. We're tapping into the source. And on that level, then darkness can be transformed into light. The darkness of the Shriya the darkness of the breaking of the vessels can be transformed into the light of the world of Tikkun, which is not the case with other kinds of Korana. So this brought us back to that discussion we had about what's so special about Paraduma. Why is it so different than the other sacrifices that were brought? So the other sacrifices that were brought in the temple on the altar, they atoned for inadvertent sins for what are called shkagot in Hebrew. And these uh, shkagot, these inadvertent sins, this these came about through, like how, how does a person do an, an inadvertent sin? Like you sin in, unintentionally. This is when a person's animal soul, uh becomes in charge like when a person's animal soul takes hold of them and they kind of like just go out of control and they do something that they didn't mean to do you know like a person behaved animalistically or whatever so those kind of sins they come th- from Klupas Noga they come from these translucent husks so yes it's bad obviously we don't want to have our animal soul take hold of us and and uh, have us do things unintentionally that we don't want to do but it happens and these can be atoned for through the the, uh, the sacrifices in the temple of the animals as it's written about in Likute Torah and Parshas Vaikra. so there's a the the safer Likotei Torah by the altar he talks about this in depth in the Parsha Vaikra, the the ability of of the sacrifices in the Basin Magdesh on the altar and how they were able to atone for these um, unintentional sins but uh, now we have the paraduma we have the red heifer and we see that this is why now we understand why it is that the parsha of paraduma um why is it why was it connected to the uh to the to the story of the passing of miriam the prophetess it was it was because just like paraduma atones for uh creates this great atonement that it's able to atone for death. So too is the passing of Tzaddik. They, the effect that, that that atonement has is on a much greater level than just the mere level of atoning for unintentional sins. It can actually atone for intentional sins. And then the Altarabha concludes with a teaching from the Yalkots in Parshachmini. Um, about specifically to be specific about the red heifer, about the the paraduma, that it's specifically the waters of purification that causes. So it's not so much like the whole ritual of the paraduma, like um, with the hyssop and the branches and all that stuff that we spoke about. It's actually it's specifically the water that is um, mixed with the ashes. That's what causes this atonement to happen, which makes sense because it's what it, it what it's doing is it's stimulating the water above this. Whether we're talking about the Talib diburucha, the dew of the crown or whether we're talking about the masculine waters that get stimulated in terms of the tzaddik. It's like we're, we're talking about water. We're talking about this this flow, which is what water really corresponds to. So that's the end of the section, the end of the epistle. So I know it's like a lot. And again, I hope we I was able to kind of explain this without having you guys get too caught up in the technicalities, because the main message of all of this, just to kind of conclude, is that the passing of the tzaddik is a very is a very, very powerful thing. And the passing of tzaddik, even a tzaddik that didn't necessarily have like a bunch of followers and was a big rubber or whatever, when a, when a tzaddik passes away, then all of the actions that they did during their lifetime, all of their mysterious nefesh, all of their self-sacrifice that they devoted their entire life to God, that created an effect on high. And when they pass away, that effect becomes revealed. And the way that it becomes revealed is in the way of tapping into this and kind of like... um opening up this flow of divine favor, this flow of ratzon from Hashem through the attribute of, through through tapping into the supernal Chochmah of the, of the attribute of the notzer, which is connected to the ratzon. And that flow of divine favor, the way that it manifests is in atoning for the generation even for the intentional sins that they did, so basically it's like the tzaddik is able, to, the passing of the tzaddik is able to really bring atonement to a to a, a whole generation of people, um, even for intentional sins that they did. So that's that's a really intense thing, and a lot to think about and you know hopefully this served as somewhat of a consolation to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berditchev at the time when his son passed away uh, and hopefully this can be meaningful to you as well in terms of thinking about the effects that your actions have and and thinking about different tzaddikim who have passed away and thinking about how their life their self-sacrifice that they made during their life was not only just for God but it was actually for you and and the amazing um, gift that these tzaddikim give to all of us. So that's it for today. And tomorrow we will begin a new epistle, epistle 29, and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sri Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak Ben Benyaminah Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana.